0: Hello and welcome to episode 59 of the Dare to Dream Bigger podcast with me your host Claire Yosa, mentor to passionate world changers, and also of Dare to Dream Bigger and this week the episode is for you if you're heading towards the end of the year and you're ready to really wrap things up and discover what you learned from next year so you don't have to repeat the same old story with different theme tunes and actors next year and so you can grow your business more easily. welcome and if you're listening to this episode when it came out happy new year next week so one of the things I love to do at this time of the year is to look back at what I've learned we also often look back at what we've achieved and whether we met our goals but we don't always take the time to reflect on what we learned and that can actually be more useful because it helps you to replicate the behaviours, the mindsets, the beliefs, the identity level shifts, that created the goal success. And if we didn't succeed, it helps us understand why, so we can make the shifts we need to make for the coming year, rather than just setting another load of goals and hitting December and wondering what happened to them. So this process of reviewing what you have learned from the last year, I actually feel is equally, if not more important than looking at how you did against your goals. So... The power of taking the time out for this is you get to clear out what didn't work and crank up what did. Can you imagine the difference that will make to your results in the coming year? Whether you're running a business or whether it's your career or whether it's a difference you're making at home or in the wider community. When you understand the bits that were genius and the bits that were grotty, and you decide consciously what to take forwards into 2019 and beyond, and what to release, it means you don't have to stay on that gerbil wheel doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. It's rumored that Einstein said that's one of the first signs of insanity. So whether you succeed or fail, there are always lessons you can feel grateful for, but you have to choose to find them. So here are five things I learned about growing a business this year, and I've been at this since 2002, but I'm still learning every day, every week, month, and year. So number one, the power of switching off social media to get stuff done. So I don't know about you, but a lot of my business and work happens through social media. A lot of people connect with me through social media. And it's a mixed blessing. It's an amazing way to reach out to new communities, to really deeply connect with people. But it's also a total time suck. And I've tried various things throughout this year, like one of the apps that limits your time each day to each channel on social media to just 10 minutes. And that didn't work. I just cheated to get around it, yeah? <laughs> and I've tried going cold turkey, Um, last year I actually did a whole seven weeks without social media which was incredible but I felt I had to go back in because of my business so what I did this year is I looked at times where I knew I was going to be so busy I was going to have to really concentrate to remember to breathe let alone eat and I consciously planned in switching off social media for a chunk of days to get stuff done. Most recently, I did it late November, when my new novel, First Tell No Lies, had to get to print. And there was still so much to do, that tiny, tiny, minutiae stuff that has to happen in the final few days before a book goes to the printer and gets launched. So I just switched off social media for three days. I warned my tribe I was doing it. I put up posts there. I stopped. I deleted all the apps off my phone. I took three solid days to get stuff done. And guess what? I got about two weeks work done. That is not because I'm spending five hours a day on social media. It's because the constant low level distraction and plate spinning of, oh, I need to check my messages. And oh, I wonder if anybody's responded to this. It dilutes your focus and attention. It splits your energy, even if you're not actually on the platform at that time. When you actually switch it off say here are multiple days where I'm not going to be there at all it stops that procrastination it stops the distraction it stops that kind of pull of oh I'll just go and be sociable for a minute yeah so that was learning number one is if I need to really focus and get some stuff done it blew me away what I achieved in those three days by having made the conscious choice publicly to switch off and not spin those plates And not have that thought at the back of my mind of, I just wonder what's happening there. Okay, so that was learning number one. Learning number two, I had more experience with working with my virtual team. Now, if you're joining us for the Dare to Dream Bigger Summit in January, you need to join us. If you want to discover the power of connection to grow your business next year, more easily, more fun, less effort, zero hustle, claireyosa.com forward slash summit. Go and grab your super early bird ticket now while they're still available. Otherwise, you're gonna end up paying double, which is just complete waste. Come on, join us now. So <laughs> Penny Pollen has written a book called Virtual Leadership. She's somebody I really respect. She talks about how to get the most from your virtual teams. And I totally balls this up this year I worked with a virtual assistant for about four or five months and it was somebody who came highly recommended, but actually it moved my business backwards because I trusted the recommendation. And I started with this person at exactly the wrong time. It was only a couple of weeks before the summer break where I wasn't gonna be online as much. I didn't really have time to get them trained up before I wanted to switch off. And what happened, is I spent the entire summer, they were on Philippines time zone, I was in the UK, and they were working a number of hours each day, and I spent the entire summer waking up at six in the morning, checking my email to find out whether this VA had managed to get the work done and to answer their questions for the next day. And it wasn't till the middle of August that I realized what a time and energy suck this was. And this particular person was just not a good fit for the work I needed doing. Although they'd been recommended, Even the most basic of the work I needed doing wasn't what they could handle. What they needed was the same thing week after week with a little sausage machine to do it. That's not how my business works. And it really reminded me that budget is not always best. And also, references don't really matter. What matters is what the person can achieve. So I worked with a few other people on what I needed to shift on this. And my plan for next year is now quite clear on who I want to hire, the skills they need, and how that's going to support me and my business without becoming another energy suck. It wasn't a great experience for me or for this assistant out in the Philippines. And if I'd done things differently, and frankly, taken Penny's advice that you'll get in the summit, it wouldn't have worked out that way. So when it comes to your support team, hire superstars so you can let go and trust. Number three was the power of a CEO mindset to let go of shiny object syndrome. I don't know about you, but I love having creative, brilliant ideas. Well, I think they're brilliant. (laughs) And I will go and put energy and fire into them and chase them and make them happen. And suddenly everything else that was important fell off the table because it wasn't quite so exciting and sexy anymore. So I'd done some work with Colin Gray Who's going to be talking to you on the Dare to Dream Bigger Summit about the power of your CEO mindset to grow your business faster with less effort, less time, less money and more success. And I really applied some of what he teaches this year and it made an enormous difference to my business. It pretty much set me free from shiny object syndrome, making me look at what's called the opportunity cost. If I want to bring something in, something has to drop which one is gonna allow me to make a bigger difference, what's the impact on my bottom line, what's the impact on my team's workload, is following that shiny object syndrome, in fact, just going to confuse and overwhelm my subscribers and customers, which is often the case. (laughs) So I realized as well, something I talk about in Dare to Dream Bigger with shiny object syndrome, really hit home for me this year, is shiny object syndrome. S-O-S. It is an S-O-S. If you are running shiny object syndrome, constantly chasing something new and exciting, it means there's something wrong in your business. It means that what you were doing before is not exciting enough for you, or you're not allowing yourself to really commit to it. Shiny object syndrome is an S-O-S that you probably need to go and get yourself some mentoring, yeah, or at least get into a mastermind and find out what it is about your business that's not fulfilling you. That means you feel the need to chase the next shiny, exciting new thing. So number four, this was quite a painful one for me this year. Just because somebody is a guru, it doesn't mean they are right. So I had paid somebody to support me and my business in the position of being the person I looked up to. And... I had followed their advice for most of last year, so 2017, and it just wasn't fitting. But because I was paying them, and because I trusted them, because I looked up to them, and because they're a well-known name, I allowed their opinions and suggestions to overrule my intuition, my gut, what it was telling me was right. If connecting with your intuition is important to you, Joanna Hennan is running a session on that in the summit, claireyosa.com forward slash summit to find out who's talking and get your ticket. So I overruled what my intuition was telling me, and I went with their advice instead. And it took me until spring this year to realize it was heading me in the wrong direction. It didn't fit for me, it didn't fit for my dream audience. And I was incredibly grateful to this person because they actually did something that was completely inappropriate behavior. And that's what it took to wake me up. It was like a bucket of ice cold water. You know the ice bucket challenge? It was like they'd popped round to my office and shoved that bucket of ice cold water over my head to make me wake up and realize that the advice they were giving was filtered through their own baggage. And it wasn't about me, it was about them. And actually that their obsession was not with helping me and their other clients to grow their business and make a bigger difference. It was with feeling the power of being the guru. And I had overruled all of the warning signs. Yeah, I felt really stupid for a bit once I realized this. And then I looked at that and I really thought, actually, there is a lot to learn from this. When you want to work with someone as a mentor, if you want to join a mastermind, it is vital to look behind the scenes at that person you're going to be trusting with your hopes, with your dreams, with the success of your business or your career or whatever change it is you want to make. Really look at, are they a positive person or is their social media feed full of them whinging and complaining and slagging people off? Are they somebody who's a really good, energetic fit with me? When I hear their advice, you know, if possible, get a trial session with them. When I hear their advice, does it feel like a sense of relief? Does it fit? Do do you sit there and just think, "Ah, yeah, that's it? Or does it feel like you're just papering over the cracks or having to change who you are to somehow meet their needs or their sausage machine? That's the mistake I made, which is embarrassing because it's something I tell clients all the time. It's why We have sign up calls to check that we're a good fit for each other before we work together, because actually there are people that I won't work with because I'm not the right person for them. And I'll find someone else that they can go and chat with. So that was lesson number four for me was just because they're a guru, it doesn't mean they're right. And I would add to that as well, just because they've got a beautifully shiny social media feed. It doesn't mean they actually know what they're doing. I'm seeing such a rash again of experts with glossy photos, beautiful websites, high ticket programs who really haven't embodied the change they want to teach. They're not living and breathing it yet. They're still too early on the journey to make that level of difference. They haven't yet mastered it. And then beyond mastery, you need to be able to deconstruct what was critical in your success to be able to teach that to others. Yeah, A concert pianist does not automatically make a great piano teacher because their genius is so subconscious. They can't remember what it's like to walk in a beginner's shoes. So if you're signing up for somebody's program this coming year, Make sure you do your due diligence, that they really are walking their talk, that there is substance behind what they're offering, and that they are a great fit for you, and that they are passionate about your success, not just theirs. My mentor this coming year perfectly fits that and has already helped me to create breakthroughs incredibly easily in the first few weeks of working together. I'm just chuffed, can't wait, so excited for next year. Number five. So Jim Rohn talks about how we become the kind of person that, you know, we're the sum of the five people we surround ourselves with most. And one of the things I've done this year, which was long overdue, is releasing my addiction to overhelping people in other people's Facebook groups. (laughs) It gets you into a lot of trouble. You're only doing it because you want to help. And I'd also realized that I was hanging around in a lot of Facebook groups that I'd outgrown quite a while ago and I was staying because of the people and the connections and so actually I was spending a disproportionate amount of my time helping beginners and intermediate people for free and then wondering why people didn't see the need to pay me for my products and services from those interactions. I've realized and reminded myself about the importance of surrounding yourself with experts. Hang out where the experts are. You are an expert. Yeah. Make sure that if you're taking advice, it's from people who actually are that step ahead of you. There's a vet that we used to go to where we used to live who homeschooled his daughter. And my kids were really young at the time. And the whole idea of that freaked me out. Um, You know, I just I love running my business and the thought of having the kids around all day. I just knew we'd end up killing each other. But he said he doesn't think school works because kids are stuck in year groups where when they go through life's challenges and puberty and working out how things work in the world, the only people that can help them are those at their own year level who are struggling with the same problems with the same resources and he wanted to homeschool his daughter so she could be spending the majority of her time with a mixture of children her age of younger of older and adults so that she would always have that bigger pool of wisdom to learn from to grow from rather than being stuck in with a bunch of 14 year olds who are all trying to work out the same stuff at the same time in the same way and when you surround yourself with experts, you grow so much more quickly than if you surround yourself with people who are three stages behind you. Again, it's a lesson. It's very easy to fall into, particularly if you have a sudden growth, spurt. when you grow your business or your passionate world, change your journey. It, it's like kids. I'm watching my teenager who's grown five inches in one year. <laughs> he's just, ugh, he's like a sunflower now. And growing your business is the same it's not a straight line and you will suddenly make a leap and if you continue hanging out all the time with the people who were your peers before it drags that leap back down yeah your success can risk intimidating them we play small particularly if you're a brit and we're not very good at blowing our own trumpet we We talk down what we've achieved. If we list what we've achieved, other people go, Oh my God, that's just so scary. And they run a mile. I'm not saying you should ditch those old connections and colleagues and friends and peers, but you do need to open the space for connecting with people who are at your new level and above. You need to find new people to hang out with. That circle of five that Jim Rohn talks about needs to become a different circle. And that is something you are likely to have to consciously Hunt out. That's why for me, the mastermind I'm part of next year is not the same as the one I was part of two years ago or last year. I'm stepping up to the next level, and it's why my mentors had to change as well, which is great news. But again, we get stuck in this rut, allowing ourselves to be supported by people who maybe we've outgrown. And that's something that when you look back at what you've learned this year, it's easy to spot. But if we just carry on focusing on goals, It's easy to miss. Now there's a workbook that comes with today's podcast episode that's free that gives you some questions on how to spot your learnings from the past year. It's at claireyosa.com forward slash connection. And the link is in the description. The show notes page for this is claireyosa.com forward slash podcast forward slash zero five nine. And I want to give you a bonus thing I've learned this year. My family and I have been through a year that we would never have expected. This time last year, in fact, on New Year's Eve, my mother-in-law died very unexpectedly. And from that point onwards, it changed so much in our year. We thought we'd just about pull things back together. Then in May, one of our favourite teachers dropped dead on the sports field, just out for a walk. And he was only 52. He was younger than my husband. Then a few weeks later, my stepmother died. Again, it'd been really quick and unexpected. Then we ended up having to move two counties, find new schools for the kids and everything else. And in the space of eight weeks, I had to go from crazy idea to keys in hand with a school for the boys and somewhere to live. And we did it. But throughout that process, there was an incredible amount of me actually really struggling. You know, it's been a really, really tough year for us feeling like I was living under a black cloud, some days just thinking I'd achieved something just by getting to the end and breathing. And if you've hung out with me for a while, you'll know how driven I am. So having to stop and completely change direction, it was like trying to stop a cruise ship on a sixpence, because I had to let go of so many commitments, obligations and promises to create the time and space and energy to make the enormous changes we've made in our lives as a family this year and to hold the space for my family to go through that. So the bonus learning I had this year is that most of the expectations I perceive from other people are actually expectations I put on myself and it's okay to change your plans even if it means letting people down because back in my engineering days when I worked in factories as a lean manufacturing Six Sigma expert. If you had a machine that needed changes making or needed maintenance or had been running non-stop for too long, you would have a maintenance schedule. You would take downtime. You would stop production through that machine to do what the machine needed to allow it to keep producing at the best quality to keep your customers loving your product. When you're running your own business, you are the machine. If that machine needs to make changes and it can't because it's already running at full pelt, you've got two choices. You either stop the machine or you don't make the changes. But what most of us try and do is both. We try and make those enormous changes while still running the machine at full pelt. and We do it during the tiny, tiny moments of downtime when the machine operators are on their tea breaks and lunch breaks. Yeah. And it leads to exhaustion, to overwhelm, to stress, to anxiety, to burnout, to depression. Even worse. Yeah. It's okay to change your plans. It's okay to say, actually, my my yes now needs to become a no, and I'm sorry, here's why, how can we make this right? It's okay, if you have to, to put yourself first, even if it means you perceiving that you're letting other people down. And most of the expectations that we feel we're working under, that drive us to overwork, come from inside us not outside of us so i hope you found that useful today today's tweetable is whether you succeed or fail there are always lessons you can feel grateful for but you have to choose to find them make sure you join me for the dare to dream bigger summit if you're listening to this episode when it came out you can still get the super early bird tickets claireyosa.com forward slash summit and i'd love to hear from you over at the show notes What lessons could you learn from the past year? What's really worked for you? And what are you going to do differently in the coming year to make faster, easier progress towards your dreams? And I've got two bonus masterclasses for you in January. One on priming your dreams for 2019. The other is on productivity, procrastination and planning to really help you pull out what you need to do to create your dreams next year. If you want those, they are bonuses for the summit for Dare to Dream Bigger. So that's claireyosa.com forward slash summit to get your ticket. If you've already got your ticket, links to join us will be in your inbox. I'd love to hear from you over at the show notes, claireyosa.com forward slash podcast forward slash episode 059. And if you found this one useful today, please subscribe via iTunes or wherever you get your podcast and maybe leave a review. Let people know how it helped you because that's the best way to help more people find out about this podcast and please share it with your friends your family and I can't wait to hear what you're going to go and create in 2019